Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. My name is Troy, and as always, I'm joined by my trusty colleague and co-anchor, Jay Luft. Hello. Hello, mate. You're right. Uh, So today we are joined by a man renowned uh, for being the best pure wrestler in the world. He's a former Ring of Honor pure champion, a Ring of Honor tag team champion, and is the current Ring of Honor champion and the owner of Terminus Wrestling Promotion. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jonathan Gresham. Thanks so much. How are you? I'm pretty good. Um, just packing for a journey I got to take in a couple hours. You're a, a busy man. We we saw you at Progress this past Sunday, and obviously you've got Terminus coming up this coming Thursday. So just all over the place, man. It's it it seems like madness. Are you is the jet lag kicked in yet? Are you just kind of riding through it or what? I just riding through. I get rest when I can on the plane. I try to just kind of you know place my my rest moments. Uh, you know, smartly throughout like the travel. So uh, I'm doing okay for now. It'll probably take its toll in a couple of weeks, a couple of months, probably. <laughs> well, as I say, thank you so much for, for taking the time out. We appreciate your, the time is limited at the moment all over the place. So it, it means a lot for you to take the time out. Um, I've got a couple of questions for you, if, if you're happy to answer them. Yeah, of course, let's go. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so let's get started about Terminus, um, because obviously that's like the next big thing uh, coming uh, how did that come about? Was it like pr- planned prior to the Ring of Honor announcement or was it like a response to it? Yeah, um, a lot of people look at it as a response. It just kind of timed out that way. Like in my life, you know, um, things have just kind of happened at the right times. It's kind of weird. But um, Terminus, um, definitely storyline wise, but um, Terminus was supposed to actually happen in November of last year. Um, but I forgot. Oh, yeah. Uh, I couldn't do it because I was doing New Japan Strong the same weekend that we had uh, planned to do it. And, of course, I wanted to be present. And then uh, my partner, Baron, wanted to be present. And at the same time, I think New Japan Strong and AEW were doing, like, events. So we were both gone, and neither of us could be um, in the building or in town. So we just decided to push it back a little bit of ways. And then uh, I think January 16th ended up being our first date. So, um yeah, it, it was supposed to happen before the uh, hiatus with Ring of Honor was announced and all that stuff, too. So um, it's just timing. Everybody thought that it was in response, which, I mean, to be honest, it's a it's a good reason. It's a uh, so I let that yeah. linger out there. That's fine. But uh, the truth is that it was already in the in the works before. Nice. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that show uh, as well. Uh, what, are, what are the challenges then different from being a wrestler to actually promoting your own show? Um, the challenge is, is definitely working with, um, the talent and dealing with like, or having to deal with like little bits of like their personal life. Like, you know, everybody's going through something, um, and, uh, being a promoter, you end up finding those things out, uh, people not being able to make shows or having to be flown from different places because of different situations. And, um, yeah, it really just like makes me appreciate the men and women that continue to run shows and have been doing it for years, you know, because they go through uh, all sorts of stuff uh, that like, the fans don't know. And, you know, uh, it was really funny is uh, uh, 
I don't really mess with the uh, Terminus Twitter account because I try to stay off of social media as much as possible. But uh, when I do check in, people are complaining about the people that we're booking or something of that nature. And uh, what they don't understand is a lot goes into booking an individual. We just don't book them when we announce them. They're booked weeks in advance. Uh, and you can't just drop these individuals because fans don't want to see them. Uh, so like you tweeting at me saying, Oh, why are you booking this person? Like, it's like, he was already booked. I'm sorry. Something recently happened where now you don't <laughs> like him, but he was already booked. I can't unbook him. Number one, because he now has to search for work that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and number two, things have already been paid for hotel rooms, flights, um, different things of that nature. So it's just like, Sometimes guys ask for deposits. So it's just, it's so much that fans don't understand and they, they can never understand or appreciate what the promoter goes through or what the wrestlers go through because they don't care to fucking figure it out. Mm-hmm. So um, those different things kind of, kind of weigh on me and bother me because uh, you know, the fans are the lifeblood of independent wrestling and wrestling in general. And they're so important, but um, they can be so difficult and so ungrateful at times to where it makes you not want to interact with them, you know? Yeah. Um, so it is kind of disheartening because I've, I've come into contact with a lot of fans and actually made friends of these fans. Um, but a lot of the times they can just like, like anybody, they're not always good. They're not always bad, but it is just really disheartening when, when you see someone going against something that you're trying so hard to, to make a difference with. So um, yeah, hopefully I'm not rambling on too much, but no, no, not at all. I, I agree that, I always say it the same about like soccer fans over here. And I think the same can be said of, of a lot of wrestling fans. Like it's quite a fickle fan base and just how they, they can turn so easily like that. And as you say, not understanding all of that stuff that goes on in the background and not appreciating it and only seeing kind of what's finally put out there. So I can't imagine that the frustrations going through having to book something like that and then seeing all of the response on social media and just being like, I'm trying my best. Like I can't yeah. do everything. You know, something that that really like makes me wonder is the the outpour of negativity. The more negativity that you put into the world, the more negativity comes back your way. Mm. In my mind, that's the way I, I, I view the universe. So it's almost like I still kind of follow the rules of what my mom told me when I was younger. It's like, if you don't have anything good to say, then don't say anything at all. Mm-hmm. But if I didn't enjoy a movie, I'll probably discuss that with my friends and say, oh, it wasn't my cup of tea, but I would not take to a social media platform and then tag the promotion or the individual and tell them I, you suck or I hated your product or whatever like that, because you have to realize your opinion does matter, but why would you put that negative energy out there? And then second, if it's not constructive criticism, why say it? And then on the, on the third gimmick is just like, like I said before, your opinion matters, but the big picture is a large demographic of people did enjoy it mm-hmm. because it still exists and is still gaining ground. So if it is, that means there's a large demographic of people that are enjoying it. So how about you fuck off and go find something you do enjoy and leave this alone? <laughs> yeah. Like it, it just doesn't yeah. make sense to me. If you view it and you don't like it, then leave it alone. You don't have mm-hmm. to say anything negative about it. There's a lot of stuff that I don't vibe with, but I don't talk shit about it. I just, oh, that's not for me. And I move on. Like, Let's be normal on social media. And it's just so weird that that people can't be normal on social media. Amen to that. Keep preaching. I, yeah. I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, we were talking about the challenges of, of, you know, promoting your own show. 
Um, and sticking with the, the theme of challenges, what challenges come with being a traveling world champion? Hmm. Number one thing I haven't told, I only told a couple of my friends, but, um, and you talk about the jet lag, maybe it was a little bit of the jet lag, but uh, one of the challenges that go unseen by fans um, and, and things that aren't probably thought about um, is uh, making flights. So the last progress show, not the one where I wrestled Dean Almore, but the one where I wrestled Chris Ridgeway, mm-hmm. it was in and out kind of thing. So I flew in the day before uh, and then uh, slept and then wrestled and then went back to my hotel and I had to fly out at noon in, I think noon, noon 30, I think I'm gonna say that. Right. And uh, I set an alarm for myself on the hour, every hour. Uh, and I woke up on all of them up until 8 a.m. And then I didn't wake up until I woke up on my own at 11.59. So I woke up at 11.59 and I was like, oh crap. Wow. (laughs) And so um, I get up, I start rushing. I overpaid the taxi. Like I think it was like eight pound. I threw like a 20 pound bill at him and ran out of the fucking, (laughs) um, out of the taxi. I go in to uh, check in at the Aer Lingus desk, which is not my normal uh, airline, but uh, I go and uh, there's nobody there. So I'm, I'm waiting for somebody to show up and I'm looking at my phone. So I download the Aer Lingus app. I try to log in to like get my, my ticket so I could go through TSA and everything. Right. That didn't work. So I went to the next kiosk, asked them, hey, one of the Aer Lingus guys coming back. And they were like, oh, that was the last flight for the day. They're not coming back. So I was like, oh, man. So oh. very few people know, but I actually missed my flight home. Uh, and I was in Manchester sitting in the airport thinking to myself, how am I going to get home? So I was on the phone with Aer Lingus, and basically I was going to have to catch a flight out the next day, uh, which means I would have to stay another night in, in in Manchester. But at this point, I'm missing my my wife. I'm missing my dogs. I just want to get home. I didn't want to have to take a taxi back into Manchester to like find a hotel and stuff. So I said, screw it. Uh, I went to Delta, and I, I bought a flight. The flight was like, like right at two grand. Wow. And so I was like, okay. I'll buy that. So I bought it. Yeah. Everything was fine. I get home. I'm laying in bed with my wife. I'm going through my credit card statements and I look at it and there's like a 3000 something dollar purchase. I'm like, where did this come from? Then it dawns on me that I bought a flight in pounds. Oh, the exchange rate. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like beating myself up at this point. Like, so, um, yeah, so that, that's one of the things like being someone that travels consistently for wrestling. That's something that you got to deal with is like, uh, you know, just this traveling, making your flights, um, not being late for like, I hate being late for other people. Uh, cause like, I feel like time is very valuable. Um, even if they're being paid for, there's so many other things they could be taken care of and doing, uh, not waiting on me. So, um, you know, making things on time is, is big for me. Um, and then like eating clean on the road, like for me, the fans might not notice it, but for me, it's like, I see my body change and it changes so quickly because like, when I'm home and I don't have a lot to do, I can concentrate on my diet. I can eat the right things every day, um, you know, track my, my calories and my, my intake and all that stuff. But when I'm on the road, it's just like, oh, man, that looks good. Oh, man, there's a Wagamama's. Oh, man, there's a Nando's. And I'm just like eating. Um, and, and, and like food is like my biggest weakness. So um, just eating properly is, is, is another thing that is really difficult. Um, but then going to the pro wrestling side of it. Um, the challenge it is fun, but it is difficult. And it's like, um, definitely when you come to the language barrier, you know, um, having the kind of matches that 
people expect from a Ring of Honor world champion. It's a lot of pressure because I feel like I have a lot to 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 kind of like live up to with the past champions. Um, definitely holding the championship that I hold at the moment, which is the original Ring of Honor world title. We're talking about guys like, and I'm not saying that I am in their league at all, but trying to have bouts that somewhat fit in the lineage of the Joes, uh, you know, the Danielsons, uh, the low keys, uh, you know, the Jerry Lynn's McGinnis is like, is, is very, it weighs heavy on my, on my brain to like, you know, try to have matches that kind of like can, can be seen in the same light as those. So um, for me, I think those are the biggest things. Can just say personally, I'm sure I'll probably speak for Jay, you're, doing more than a good enough job of that and they're certainly within there if not a seed in them for us thank you I appreciate it um, to kind of like add to that then so uh, you mentioned obviously like the, those former Ring of Honor champions um, who do you draw inspiration from like within wrestling for your work and is there any like outside influences as far as like uh, media or music that you kind of use as an influence outside of it um, so that has to be broken up for me in um different categories. So like in wrestling, um excuse me, I was a fan for years, of course, like in my childhood and stuff, and I always loved wrestling. I knew I wanted to be a wrestler, but it wasn't until around like 2004 when I found Ring of Honor that I actually in my mind picked a destination because I feel like if you want to do something, you just can't say, Oh, I want to do it you got to kind of pick a destination That destination kind of molds you, you know? So I was really molded by like ring of honor and, uh, and uh, you know, just the style and the presentation of ring of honor. I was molded by that. Uh, so when I found ring of honor in 2004, I told myself that's where I wanted to go. Everything that I did, you know, the travels, the training with people, it was all in preparation to me finally joining ring of honor. So um, to answer your question, my first favorite um, that was outside of like the mainstream wrestling bubble was uh, this guy, this Japanese guy called Ikuto Hidaka. Uh, he mostly wrestled for zero one um, back in the day, but now I think he wrestles for Noah. He's like an amazing junior heavyweight. He's had great matches with like Shelly, uh, Shelly and Sabin, like Prince Devitt, uh, just so many guys, list goes on, uh, but he, he's really good. He's one of the first guys that really like, I started to study like ring psychology from, and um, yeah, and then it goes on to, of course, like Danielson, um, Cabana, Homicide, uh, Loki, like all these guys were like, like my teachers from afar, you know, um, I studied them like, so in detail at different times. So, I mean, there was a point where I would be on my low key kick and I would study low key for literally like three months straight, all of his matches, like, and I would watch his matches for different reasons. And then after that, I would go to Brian Danielson. I would do the same thing with his matches. And then I would go to Cole Cabana and do the same thing with his matches. And then like doing that, they would always have a match with somebody that like sparked my interest. And I would go and then branch off and watch those guys. And then like, each time I would learn something more, whether it was like, I like that guy's the way he sells more than I like the way he wrestles. I would literally watch a person because I enjoy the way that they sell. And so I would take little things from the way that they sell and add it to my game. And over time, I just watched so many people. So it was really difficult to like, give you like a, a, a big list, but I can definitely say most of the ring of honor guys were like my trainers from afar. <laughs> awesome. Good stuff. Um, to round things off then, who or, or what 
are your your dream goals or dream opponents for 2022 and even beyond? That's a really difficult one to ask because I, I was just having this conversation with someone the other day. Um, I told you earlier that like my goal was to make it to Ring of Honor. I never said it in interviews. I never said it to anybody. I always held it very close to me. Uh, but I always wanted to be Ring of Honor world champion. And at the time, like the whole size and race thing was still really big. And it's still pretty big now. But the size thing, not so much anymore. A couple of people still have issues with it, but it's not as big of a problem as it used to be. So that kind of weighed heavy on my brain about that's not really possible, but it was always in the back of my mind. It's something I wanted to accomplish. And, um, you know, thank God I'm now uh, 33, going on 34 in March. And um, I've accomplished everything I've ever wanted to do in wrestling. Uh, I wrestled literally everybody I've ever wanted to wrestle in wrestling. Um, you know, I got a chance to work with Colt Cabana. I got a chance to actually wrestle with Ikuto Idaka back in, you know, 2012 and 13. And, uh, you know, we actually had a main event match at Corican Hall uh, in their junior heavyweight tournament where I ended up winning. And it was just like things that have happened to me in my career is just like mind blowing. It's, it's, it's things that I wanted and I kept in the back of my head, but I never thought it was possible to accomplish. And I ended up accomplishing a lot of the things that I wanted to accomplish. Um, so right now I'm, I'm making new goals. So I guess to answer your question, the current two um, that I would like to step in the ring with and wrestle at least before their career time is over is CM Punk and Brian Danielson. Um, I want to, you know, speak that into existence because right now, uh, my goal is to, you know, this is uh, real. And then it's, of course, like the story that I want to play into as well overall. But I really feel like the moniker, the nickname of best in the world was taken away from Ring of Honor and the Ring of Honor world title when Danielson left and then Punk left and, and started using that moniker in WWE. After that, everybody kind of associated that only with those two. But in my mind, you know, the best in the world originated with the Ring of Honor world title. And I believe that the Ring of Honor title deserves to get that moniker back. And that is my goal is to wrestle those two and take back the moniker and give it back to the Ring of Honor world championship. Outstanding. Lovely stuff. I, I, they're, they're too much as I definitely want to say. <laughs> well, Thank you so, so much for, for giving us some of your time. Um, I appreciate that it is small at the moment. I know you're about to hop onto a flight. Um, where can people see you coming up soon? We've got a couple of shows, some some big ones, some important ones. Um, to me, all of these appearances are important. I wouldn't take them if I, if I felt like they weren't. Um, you know, so uh, I'm flying out uh, on the 25th after the Terminus show. And I'm starting another European like little excursion where I'm going to Denmark. Um, I think it's called Body Slam Pro. Um, I'm wrestling there. Uh, and then I'm going to Ireland um, where I'm wrestling um, Fight Factory Pro Wrestling. Um, I'm, I'm really good buddies with the promoter there. We spent time together in Zero One. Um, and I wrestled a, a really really good wrestler that represents the style as well named Michael May. I wrestled him maybe back in 2015, maybe. Um, but I'm going back there. Um, and then after that, I'll be going to uh, 16 care. So I'm spending about a week and some change in Europe, uh, going back and forth to different promotions. So nice. Excellent. 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 Well, 
we're both looking very much forward to, to Terminus this coming Thursday. And um, yeah. yeah, good luck with all of your shows. And um, we look forward to seeing you again soon. Jonathan, thanks for taking the time out. Much appreciated. No problem. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. Hello, yes, Dan Housen here. Dan Housen has been summoned. You must love this podcast, Housen, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Housen.